matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Okay, terrific. Language and writing were made available. He'll teach you everything. I'm writing this down. This is good stuff. Hey, I'm John. This is John Helps You Write Better. And today, today I want to talk about writing better. But I want to come at things from a, a slightly different direction. Let's say you're writing your book. I don't know what your book's about. I don't know how far along in your process you are. I don't know how long you've been writing. Doesn't really matter. Just know, or or rather, we're just going to imagine that you've been writing for some amount of time and you've got some number of words greater than two on the page. You are probably, at some point in this process, between now and all the writing you're ever going to do in the whole world is done. You are going to find loads of different forces in this world, in this writing atmosphere, that are going to push you and prod you and encourage you to move in a different direction. I don't mean like change your story, though you might feel pressure to do that. I mean more like if you're going to be successful, you need to do those things, not this other pile of things over here. And if you want to do it right, I'm making air quotes, go this way, not that way. You will encounter people, businesses, corporations, algorithms, social behaviors, platforms, all that stuff, want to steer you in a certain direction. They want to push you in a certain way. And it's not aimed at helping you write better. It's not. It's designed to have them sell you something and for you to buy something. One of the questions in yesterday's chat was about spicy scenes. Now, I don't have a problem talking about sex scenes. It's fine. I I work with a lot of romance authors. Sex scenes are a thing that happen in some, not necessarily all, but some romance novels. Characters fuck. People fuck. Calling them spicy, though, that's mm, that's where things get uh, a little a little dicey. You you might also see you know instead of talking about the pandemic, somebody might call it the panini, or instead of talking about sexual assault of some kind, they'll they'll say grape or unalive. And I understand that this might come across like old man yelling at clouds. But this is exactly the sort of pressuring and external force changing and evolving things to suit it rather than us. Us being creatives, us being artists, us being humans. See, all those changes, Panini, Unalive, etc., those are algorithmic decisions. Those were things that were put in place because if you say those things or talk about those things or describe things in a certain way, you'll be demonetized or shadow banned. And the algorithm's response to your posts will be less traffic, less views. And according to the platform, less views, fewer people, whatever, is bad, which makes you, because you're a user of that platform, it makes you bad. So if we talk about, you know, killing your character and 
we call it killing a character because that's what the character is going to have happen. And we don't say unalive. It's possible somewhere that some platform will make sure fewer people see our stuff if they let our stuff go up at all. That's wrong. That's just wrong. It's not that the word is unalive as opposed to decease. It's, it's that we've decided to let algorithms or the pressures from platforms or the pressures from companies affect us negatively, restrain us in some way. I'm not saying we're making art that isn't a response to those things existing in the world. We make art to reflect ourselves and reflect our experience. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying, why do we let the platforms determine how we talk? Why do we let views and clicks and stars determine what we write about? Why do we let the number of people who watch a chat on YouTube, why would I let that determine whether or not I keep going? Because if I, I, I just uploaded yesterday's chat, I, I was looking at the views and mostly I'm averaging with the exception of um, my video on Andor, which has 803 views. It's the most viewed thing I've ever made. Uh, usually I'm getting somewhere like near 30 or so views, maybe 35, but mostly, mostly right around 30, give or take. Every once in a while, there's like one that has like eight, but I'm in the thirties in terms of views. Now in, in, YouTube, that's that's nothing, right? Because there are millions and millions of viewers and millions of millions of people. So videos get viewed all the time. But if I let those numbers determine whether or not I keep doing it, I should not do it. I had, for a very long time, a digital guide to drafts available. It's still available. I just don't link to it anymore. Why don't I link to it anymore? I don't think I did a very good job. It was not because you know, only 31 or I think 32 copies of its sold lifetime. But if I took a look at, and I wasn't happy with the photo I used of myself in the, in the blurb. Um, if I let the algorithm and the content and the plat, if I let the algorithm and the platform determine the content, that's what I'm trying to say. If we let the, the monetization words determine how we talk about what we want to talk about, we're not being true to our art. We're not being true to ourselves. You, you would sound wild if you went out tonight and hung out with your friends or met them somewhere or even sat like and FaceTimed them if you, if you didn't want to go out. If you hung out with people in any capacity and you just started talking about how, you know, you were reading this book and you got to the spicy scenes and somehow one character would, you know, unalived themselves five chapters later. If you're reading, if your friends you're hanging out with aren't familiar with reading and online spaces to the same degree you are, they might wonder what the fuck you're saying. It is really worth considering the greater reasoning and thinking about why these platforms are determining and dictating what can and can't be said or what can and can't be posted. It's not just, you know, oh, well, it's inappropriate to post, you know, clearly harmful, violent, terrorizing, threatening, racist, sexist, 
criminal things. I'm not talking about that. Obviously, bad things are not the thing I'm, I'm meaning. I mean, look at how the smaller cuts are being made. Look at how we're shaping our language. Looking at, look how we are letting these things like views and clicks determine our content, determine our efforts. Look at what we're talking about now that we weren't talking about before. Or look at what we're not talking about now that we were talking about before. What I want to bring to your attention today, now, here, is whether or not the art you're making, that book you're writing, that poem you're, you're crafting, the photos of you or something else that you are taking, the video you're making, the screenplay you're writing, the art you are producing that expresses yourself into the world. Don't let some other force or factor that has no bearing on your art, doesn't understand what you're trying to do, doesn't care about you because it's not a person. It's a mathematic formula of pulses of light and ones and zeros. Don't let those factors shape what you do. Do what you do. Make your art. And if you want to talk about, you know, yeah, my characters fuck, you don't have to use the word spicy scene. And if you want to talk about, you know, the pandemic as being a thing that motivated you to make those sculptures, you don't have to mention the big panini. Own your language. Own your voice. Own your art. Produce rampantly, aggressively, assertively. And all these factors like, well, it won't get, it'll get shadow banned. Then post it in five places. You produce the art. The platform is there to facilitate people seeing it. The platform is not there to give approval of your art, nor your process. Platforms are supposed to be tools, not bosses, not masters. Give that some thought. I'll talk to you next week.